How's it going? We're on episode two of the Get Ring Basketball Podcast. I'm live in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania. We have uh, Leslie and Devon joining us. Guys, how you guys doing today? You know, I can't complain. I can't complain. Uh, not in Pittsburgh, but I'm in, uh, you know, in Jersey. So, yeah, you're calling him, calling him remotely. Leslie, how, how's it going, Leslie? You down in Southside? Yeah, I'm holding it down in Southside today. You know, trying out this anchor technology. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So we have a lot of exciting things to talk about on today's show. If you want to get more information about the what we talk about on the Get Ranked Basketball podcast, please check out episode one. We have a brief summary there. Where we talk about uh, our topics and the people we have on the show. Um, so I'm not going to go through that again. We're going to get right into it. So uh, Leslie, what, tell me what you are, what are you excited to talk about on uh, today's show? Uh, two things at the forefront of, of my mind today on the podcast. One being, you know tapping into KD's legacy. You know, he's been getting a lot of scrutiny, but he's also seen a lot of success recently. And uh, another fun discussion about, you know, touching on hip-hop and who – we talked about Drake a lot last week, but now we have to follow up with who who's going to be the next Drake? Who's going to be the next, you know, chart topper from the younger generation? And that's an answer I don't really have right now. So I'm interested to see what you guys say. I like it. I like it. I like it. Vaughn, what, what about you? What are you feeling today on the show? Definitely, definitely want to talk about uh, my boy Isaiah Thomas and his fall from grace and, and his new deal with uh, with Denver. Um, I think I also want to get into, I want to talk about, again, Summer League because, yeah. I mean, it's just so prevalent, uh, prevalent basketball right now. So there's some, some names uh, – such as Josh Hart, Kevin Knox, and of course, I need to address um, some of my Trey Young slander. From you were very harsh. Yeah, you were very uh, harsh on Trey Young last. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna need some. He's now he's playing pretty well. Now we need some follow up. So we're definitely gonna to get into that. Exactly. I, I feel like we have to at least before the show we have to say it's the World Cup. We have, we see that France are the, is the world champions of the World Cup. I, I know as an American fan, you know, soccer isn't the biggest thing. I, I was actually at the gym at LA Fitness while the game was going on, so that shows <laughs> yeah. where my priorities were. But I know Leslie checked it out. Can you just give us a brief, just so, like, the average basketball fan who doesn't watch soccer can go around and act like they know about soccer. Give the give us a quick highlight of, of, of the game. Uh, well, France ended up winning 4-2. Uh, honestly, to start, it was a uh, fairly uh, – very uh, heavily favored to Croatia. You know, they came out strong. They were playing aggressive. And France was just, you know, playing on the back line a lot. But that's probably just because they have a lot, like, superior talent. And at the end, that showed. So they were able to get into the ball into their zone very easily. And they, they capitalized, you know, two early mistakes from Croatia. And uh, France never looked back. Oh, all right. All right. Well, I appreciate us you giving the insight. I know that was kind of uh, just off the cuff there. So let's uh, <laughs> let's get right into it. Um, we'll talk about KD's legacy. Um, so what do you feel, you know, KD has been in the good news and the bad news and the fake news. He's been all over the place. <laughs> uh, wh- what do you think, you know, his him winning championship with Golden State and, you know, his who he's become as far as the two-time now finals MVP, he's, he's made himself uh, a very strong candidate to, you know, down the line be someone that, could be maybe in the GOAT category, but I think a lot of people don't feel that way. Vaughn, well, how do you feel personally about KD's legacy and like how it's going to continue if he were to stay with the Golden State Warriors? So KD, KD is a complicated case to me. Um, 
I think um, I think clearly the Golden State move wasn't the best thing for his legacy. If, you know, if you go back, he almost won a championship with uh, with Oklahoma City against the same team uh, he now plays on. I don't I don't think that'll play out well from, from a competitive standpoint. But I mean, KD as a basketball player uh, is amazing. I, mean, I think he can yeah. be at the at the forefront of being the, one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer uh, of all time, uh, especially the way that he's pacing. Uh, but I think there's a lot of complicated and, and Katie's changed a lot personally. If you if you see how um, he he reacts to news, I mean, I probably would be called the blog boy right now if he if he heard what I was saying. Um, <laughs> but but you know he he's changed a lot and I, what I I think he's in right now he's in that phase that LeBron was in when he first went to Miami where he started to embrace I'm the bad guy. Um, yeah. uh, I think. I think I think it'll change. He's still a young guy. He's still 29 years old, right? So um, there's a there's a lot there's a lot more basketball left to play. I think for KD. Okay, yeah, I, I like that. I like the the take that you had. If, you know, if he would have stayed in Oklahoma City, Leslie, how how you how do you feel? Do you feel different? Are you are you kind of agreeing with Devon when it comes to KD's legacy? Yeah, I'm uh, pretty much in accordance. I think you know he's pretty clear cut the second best player in the NBA, and that's you know he does have remarkable skill, like having his length being practically seven feet tall and being able to score the way he can. It is something that we really haven't seen before, but I think in terms of legacy and being in the goat conversation, he would have to do more. And granted he is the finals MVP and he has been, you know, statistically the best player on the Warriors when they've won, but what they have as a team is something that you cannot take for granted. So I think for him in order to like, Conversely, seeing on the on the East what LeBron had to do with his team, I don't think KD even has that in his repertoire. I don't think he can emotionally be a leader for a team. Man. I think now, I guess Devon has touched on. I, I think, yeah, admit, admittedly so. I, I think yeah. even his own self would say that he's not a, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to lead a team. Exactly. So how do you think, Devon? You have a young you have a young son. How do you think you know he when he gets older? How will he look at Kevin Durant? Would it be different from how you see him, or you think it will be, you know, looking at the stats and the accolades that he's going to probably continue to acquire, especially if he stays in Golden State? What do you think um, that's going to be as far as his perspective versus yours? Yeah, I, I think I think in reality, the way basketball players will be viewed in the next ten or fifteen years uh, will be entirely different than I I believe the way we viewed basketball players. Uh, coming up, right? Michael Jordan was the best player that we were able to actually see, right? Yeah, right. Um, and what he did was take over a game when he needed to as a leader. That was leadership. Leadership was, you know what? You guys are great, but give me the ball and let me take over. If you're going to say LeBron James is the best player of our actual generation, right? Um, then the whole way we're we're measuring players is going to be different. So I yeah. don't know if in the future KD will be hit as hard as um, I think he's getting uh, hit by the media uh, currently, uh, because I think it's going to be about team success. I mean, if you actually look at the way the Golden State Warriors play, they play amazing basketball, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they have, they have, now they have five all-stars, but let's say last year they had four all-stars and they made it work. I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers had LeBron James, 
uh, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, uh, and I'm forgetting oh Kevin Love, right? Jay and Crowder was starting. Jay Crowder. They had they had guys that that were all stars uh, at some point. You know, um, R.I.P. Derrick Rose, but uh, but they couldn't make it work. Golden State makes it work, and they play a, a beautiful brand of basketball. So I think uh, I think the future is going to be uh, a lot more pleasant to KD than um, you know Stephen A. Smith is. <laughs> I, I mean, Leslie, we're talking about right now so far the nine-time NBA All-Star, six-time NBA first 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 team, two-time NBA um, MVP, Finals MVP, Rookie of the Year. He has four-time scoring champion. He's really done it all in all ways. Do you think down the road it's going to be different the way he's viewed? Um, will he ever be able to be in the GOAT conversation? Like you said, he has to go somewhere completely different. If he were to stay in Golden State and just win, continue to win championships, uh, you don't you don't think that it would over be overwhelming to the point where people would have to say he's the goat? I if he stayed in Golden State, it could work only if Steph leaves. Because I say that just because you see how crucial Steph is to that team's success. Yes. In that Rocket series alone, if you take that sample size, when he was putting up a ton of shots and Steph was hurt, that team was not the same. Right. Yeah. And, right. and I think like. In terms of when, you, when we look back at the totality of his career, as he continues, he's definitely going to continue to build on these accolades. Like, he's in the perfect position to do so. I think we're going to look back and say, yeah, he might be the best scorer we've ever seen and might ever see. But I just don't think he's going to be in that top notch more than just the scoring goat. You know, you, you, know what's great, you know what's great, too? Um, just, just to kind of add on to that, um, the Golden State Warriors mathematically most likely won't be together <laughs> in two yeah. in two three years. I mean, right. we're we're seeing we're seeing Clay potentially joining my LA Lakers. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, his, fa- his father his father played with the Lakers. Um, you know, Draymond didn't extend his contract. It wouldn't have made sense if he did. Uh, you know, Katie. I mean, Katie has what? Did he sign a one one or two year deal? Like a two year. Oh. With the player option on the back yeah, end. Player option, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just that team isn't going to be together soon. Um, but it it would be great to see exactly what you said, Leslie. Um, how he shapes out, um, without without Steph Steph Curry and right. or having a point guard like Russell Westbrook or whatever. See what he can do with the with a team from the ground up. Yeah. All right. Well, only time will tell. So we're gonna go ahead and keep it moving. Uh, a big move this week. It is now a, a Denver Nugget. He is he's moving on from your LA Lakers, which I personally like for his own personal career. Yeah. I think it's a good move for him to show, be able to have that explosive, have the ability to be an explosive offensive threat for a team and not have to share that role. Um, ha- Devon, are you happy for him? Are you? Are, do you wish he would have stayed at a Laker? How do you feel about this? Um, I I think I think it's a. I don't think it's a questionable move from a from a young Denver Nuggets team yeah. perspective. I don't know where he actually fits in with the whole grand scheme of what they're doing. Um, you know, he I mean, IT likes to shoot the ball, he likes to score the ball. I don't know if that's gonna stunt the growth of some of their some of their other guards. I mean, they haven't really talked about if he's going to be starting or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I thought I thought Orlando would have been a good situation for him, uh, in all honesty, because they, I mean, they're they're in desperate need of a point guard. 
and he can go down. That's a place he can go down there and fill it up and do what it does, which is be a scorer. Um, I, I would say I would say it's questionable. I don't I don't think this is the best situation for him. In all honesty, I mean I think it's better than that. You know, it's better this than China, right? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I'm happy he for is, him, but it's sad. He is reuniting with his his coach from from Sacramento, Mike Malone. He he wanted him to have a key role off the bench. Being focused as an off the bench scorer, he's pretty. He's been pretty open about that, and I think yeah. Isaiah has embraced that because that team, you know, like you said, has a really strong young core with Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and I like Jokic a lot. I think he is. Oh yeah, yeah, such yeah, a talented yeah, big man. I really like his game. But Leslie, do you think it's going to be him going with his old head coach that's going to kind of help him to you know ingratiate himself in that team? You know, I think there's just a lot, like as Devon touched on, there's a lot more moving parts just with that young talent. But at the same time, it could be, you know, the push that he's need. I feel like he's been one of those players because he just he came two years ago. He had a miraculous season, averaged 29 points and was top five in MVP voting. I think he still kind of has that I'm that player mentality, like kind of a little bit of an ego. And I think going into this roster and having to actually work in practice and these young players aren't just, like they're not just okay. Like Jamal Murray's good, like Gary yeah, Harris is really good. good. Like, these yeah. are good players, so it might be good for him to just be challenged in that way. And if he's in a role where he doesn't have to, I mean, Nuggets. I guess they do have you know playoff expectations, but if they don't make it, I don't think we're going to be blaming Isaiah Thomas. So I think it'll be a decent situation for being for him to be in mentally, and hopefully he can just be healthy and be in a position where he can get you know a decent contract next year. No, I was going to say the tough part about IT, I mean, with his legacy, and you see what happened with the Celtics is you get to a point with Isaiah Thomas where you say, wow, it's great that he scores this amount of points and he's such a tough guy, but can I actually win with him? He's he's actually one of the biggest defensive liabilities in the NBA, right? I mean, you can't – it's really hard to hide him being five foot nine. Yeah. Um, and in the in the worst part is with the injury injury, like being five foot nine and not having lateral quickness, it's even worse. So um, yeah, I mean, you Denver, beat me to my question that I was even going to ask. I was going to say, where is he actually in this league long term? What kind of player is he in this league long term? Do you see? Is he going to be a team's leading scorer? Or is he always going to be you know at best an off the bench, you know, just spark plug for a team? Um, I think I think he I think he's gonna have to fit into the off the bench spark plug. I you know I think this is unfortunately he's getting he's getting to the the same point Allen Iverson was on that Memphis Grizzlies run where where you're already he, you're already, you're already I, you know, I, no you know why I say it's because Allen Iverson couldn't adjust to being six foot one a buck sixty five right he and right. realizing wow. Um, I'm not as fast as I used to be. Maybe I should distribute the rock, um, balance balance my scoring ability with with assists and and playing this hard nosed defense. Uh, I think Isaiah Thomas is in his mind doesn't want to adjust because just two years ago he was averaging uh, you know borderline thirty points. So I mean it's it's he's in he's in a tough situation. I think even mentally the mental part of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Leslie? What do you think long term for him to have a a career longevity to be playing in his thirties? Deep in his thirties, you see him. Ha- ha- like, what role do you see him playing or having to be for a team? He's definitely going to have to make that adjustment. And I think you know a good example of what he could be for a team is potentially like a Eric Gordon or a Lou Williams. Like we're seeing players like reinvent themselves and appreciate 
you know, the opportunities they have. And they're, t- right. I mean, they're, they're great scores and they can easily say I can average 22, 23 points on, a, on any other team and play for like the Knicks or the magic, but they want to win and they want to be successful. Right. So they're accepting those roles. And I think overall, long-term we're seeing players get rewarded for that contractually. And right. it, so I think it's like advantageous for him to just embrace that mentally it'll put him in a better place and financially it definitely will pan out for him right 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 and that's the big reason why i was happy that he he moved on from denver personally is is our next topic is because mr lonzo ball is gonna and and rondo are gonna be holding the show down in la and yeah. i just don't see too much space for him um especially with the way that you know josh hart and we'll get into josh hart i've been playing in summer league i think you know it wouldn't have been good for him to stick around but uh, so we're gonna get into Lonzo Ball now because we saw I've seen some videos. He's out there pushing two fifty five. He's he's definitely getting stronger. He's hitting the weight room. Um, what do you think this is gonna be next season, uh, Leslie? Like as far as potential goes, um, if now that he's in the weight room, he has knee surgery on his left knee coming up. Um, but do you think it's you, do you expect a big year from Lonzo? Uh, I don't know. I was watching a get up earlier this week, and uh, I'm I agree with Jay Williams on this. He said I don't care how much he can bench. You know, he, he's he has the size. He has the athleticism. He cannot shoot. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. he can. So I, I'm still on that. If he's able to adjust, not I'm not sure the schematics of his shot, but just like being able to be a little bit more of a predominant scorer. Because we have seen before LeBron James teams need a player that he can rely on whenever he's gassed and whenever he's not feeling, you know, the best. Like, because he takes a lot of beating. So he needs a player that's going to be able to supplement him on the offensive side. So I don't know. I'm right. still I'm skeptical. I, I'm not sure. So, so have to ask. He averaged ten points. You know, seven assists, seven rebounds a game, pretty much last season. Uh, w- give me a, give me some numbers. Give me a, some a prediction with, that you have with LeBron, the new Lakers, the new formatted Lakers so far with this team for for Alonzo Ball. Uh, I'm gonna go thirteen, eight, and his rebounds are gonna drop because you know LeBron's, you know, he's a util- yeah. utility guy. He's definitely gonna get in. <laughs> So probably around four rebounds, but I so you see a, you see a very steady increase. You don't see a, a big jump this season. You see a couple points, maybe yeah. an assist, assist or two. Okay, yeah, okay. I think there's more. I, how about Ron? How about you? I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, I see. I see Lonzo hopefully traded. To be honest, I I, I just um I don't know. I didn't from from a from a stats perspective. Uh, I, I think he, it's going to be tough playing with LeBron. Um, you know, when LeBron drives and kicks, LeBron likes to play with yeah. spot of shooters, um, like ball dominant guards. And I'm not saying that uh, Lonzo Ball is ball dominant in the sense that he likes to dribble, but he's ball dominant in terms of, hey, you know, he's going to be the primary playmaker yeah, he wants to for, see the floor. For, for the Laker right. team. Yeah he, yeah, he wants to see the floor. But when LeBron drives and kicks out to him for open threes, I, I, just, I mean, I, I don't know, <laughs> right? I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to hit that shot. Uh, I, I see. I see him. I see him going. I see an eight, six, and six. Ooh. I see points uh, dropping for him. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard the eight, six, and six. That's that's a bold. That's a bold claim. I think. Wow. I don't think many people are are predicting that. But I guess on LeBron James' team, things will change. I expect to see Lonzo really make a jump in uh, his ability to pass the ball and assist. I think LeBron's going to. Relishing the fact of not having have to have the ball in his hands all the time, I think he's he's going to try to learn how to be more of an off the ball guy. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean, still LeBron James. We saw what he did last exactly. week. I'm not sure if he's that ready to give up the the the, 
that role on a team at this point. So uh, that that's good. So we're going to go on to the next topic, um, talking about Summer League. Uh, first, I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton choking, first of all. I, I read it was the, the biggest upset in Summer League uh, history, which is how important <laughs> Yeah, <is>. what? But, <laughs> but a stat nonetheless, <laughs> I, do, do you, are you concerned with DeAndre Ayton um, and his ability to – to be a, a force because in that game he, he kind of shied away and go ahead Devon. Um, you know my thing with with big men in the you know especially ones that go number one or like the really high big men like DeAndre Ayton. I feel like people were talking to him especially after he got the hundred thousand dollar payday from Arizona and he had a really good year. We have these conversations like he's Shaq, right? But. Right. But he needs a lot. He still needs a lot of development, you know. He's he's. A, I mean, he's only a he's only a freshman last year, um, you know, one and done player. Um, he, I, you know, I wouldn't be too tough on him now. I mean, but I also wouldn't expect. I also wouldn't expect for him to come out and look like, uh, you know, look, look like Joel Embiid. I mean, it took Joel Embiid a couple of years to get to where he's at. Now, exactly. Right? So, so I think I think I think we need to reduce expectations for him. And, and and just allow him to, um, you know, to go through the process. No pun intended. And just real quick, while 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 we ha- you have the floor, uh, are are you impressed? Just I want to know about Josh Hart. Are you expecting that? Does it matter at all to you that summer league that he's playing well for the Lakers next year? Like as far as regular season goes, or is this just whatever? Oh no, it's great. Oh, this is great. This is this is great from a confidence from a confidence standpoint. You know who he really reminds me of, and you mentioned this earlier. I think he can be a Lou Williams type player, right? Um, where he can come in, give you energy, give you points. Um, he'll play. He'll play some good defense. Uh, and he's an older guy, meaning uh, you know he spent. What, I think he did four years in college, if not, or if not three. Um, so you know he's not one of these young bucks that don't know the game. He knows the game. He's mature, um, and I, I think he can really step in and play a, a crucial role especially playing with LeBron. LeBron's going to take the knowledge that he has now and and move it to a whole new level. Right, so. right, right. So, so Leslie, so, so far in Summer League, um, you know, you've been the, the, the Knicks fan. Uh, who are you impressed with for, for your Knicks? I know, you know, everybody's talking about Kevin Knox. I want to hear, like, your, your take on the Knicks and how it's going to translate to the regular season, in your opinion. Well, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think this is going to translate. Well, first of all, we've been <laughs> the Knicks have been losing every game. Essentially, I don't think they have like good spurts and players look good, and they're like, "Oh, we lost to the Bucks by 30." <laughs> but um, I think I mean I really like this Mitchell Robinson guy. He's everything that a, in a seven footer that Kristaps is not. He attacks the glass with ferocity. He wants to dunk everything. He I don't think he's ever even attempted a jump shot in his life. Um. I th- so that's exactly what we need. We need someone who is just energized and just excited to be a Nick. And I love what he's doing defensively because that's a like a, we've been so porous on that end. So besides Kevin Knox, I'm really excited to see Mitchell Robinson and how he grows dur- throughout the year. What team in summer league, as far as the team as a whole, have you been most impressed with with the way that they've played? That's a good question. I I feel like I I don't catch enough of like full games to see exactly right. like who are the the players, because the coaches in summer league, they're really just kind of just. I don't think they're trying to win as much as just see players in different positions. So Absolutely. it's hard to see like who's actually going to get playing time with, you know, the real squad, or who do they want to see if they can you should even sign. So, yeah, that's tough on mine. I don't know if Devon, if you have any, like teams you've been 
you know, very impressed with, but I've just been impressed with overall players just in general. Yeah, you know, I, I I've been I've been really impressed just with um with overall players. I think the NBA is doing a really great job with with summer league and 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 in regards to um how competitive yeah. it is, right? And I think the stage that a lot of these players feel that they're on now is an entirely different stage um than it was call it you know, five to ten years ago. Um, you know, I think the, the lights are on, and, and you're 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 on the front of ESPN. Early in the morning, uh, with highlights and all this stuff, man, it's it's just high level of play. I've been really, really impressed. Yeah. To be honest. So now you need to you need, you need to follow up because last week you did talked about Trey Young and you really <laughs> were pretty harsh on Trey Young. His first two games, he was nine for thirty six, two for sixteen from three. We all know the stats was all over ESPN. Now what the last few games, you know, twenty three and eight. You know, overall he's averaging seventeen points. Eight assists. I'm not gonna say he's been the most efficient player. I'm not gonna say he's been taking the best shots. But as far as the stats goes, he's been able to put up numbers and and assist, in these, especially in these last two games. What do you think? Do you, does your take change at all from after watching these last um, couple games from Trey Young, Devon? Um, no, no, not at all. Um, because this this is the thing. You know, it's you know the first five games were terrible. And then he had two. Trey Young can score a basketball. I, I don't. I don't knock that at all. I just don't know if he's an actual starting NBA point guard right now. And I was a big Trey Young guy like before this, but then actually when I when I'm when I'm watching him play at a high higher level that this is no longer college. Um, just shot selection in the NBA, how inefficient he actually is. Um, the thing about a lot of these Steph comparisons that we talk about, like Steph is actually really efficient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steph, like Steph's really, really efficient. He's a consistent over forty percent three shooter. Um, I don't know if Trey Young, yeah, maybe with the Atlanta Hawks, yes, you can shoot a lot of shots, and he can have his he can have his bumps and bruises. I think in year one, um, but I think Trey Young is going to need to really fit in the mold of, you know, let me find a way to distribute and let me be okay with, with 15, 15, 16 points a, a game. I, I don't think he should, he should go for, go for 20 a game. Um, I don't know if that's his mindset. He plays, a, he plays a certain way, um, but you're not going to win NBA games. And he's not really winning summer league games. That's, that's, that's another thing. He's not really winning. So he's not playing a winning style of basketball from the point guard position. Um, and you know, Dre, you play point guard, and I play point guard. Just just looking at that, you know, it, it's it's very it's a it's a very different way he's 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 playing right. um, compared to how we were taught to play right. the position. But um, okay, I, I I I'm glad we have this recorded because later in the season we'll, <laughs> yeah. go back, we'll play it back. So so I'm glad you stay you're staying with it. You know, you're not going anywhere. Um, we're gonna we're gonna move forward a little bit. I want to get into some high school players. I was talking about our guy Vernon Carey Jr. Um, he's uh, definitely a talented player, you know, out of Florida. You've got looks from uh, Duke, Florida, 6'10", 275. He's, that, he's the guy that's um, looking like, to me, when I watch his highlights, Marvin Bagley type. Uh, I was just wondering, a player like this, he's going to be definitely, I think, a force um, on the college, college level. But where does the future hold for a 6'10", 275 player? Is it to have to transform into, you know, a three or – 
you know, two seventy five to six ten. That's a pretty pretty big big. He's big a big boy. Yeah. Have to cut a lot of weight in order to fit into yeah. like an NBA system, or is this a college body that's going to probably be dominant college and and that's it? What do you what do you think, Leslie? You're a taller guy. How um, how do you feel about that? You know, I I got his uh his slam mixtape on in the background right now. I mean, he looks good. I it, I also like especially with these bigger guys. Granted, they do play in a lot of AAU tournaments and stuff, but these highlight tapes, this is predominantly high school, and he's dunking over people that definitely should not, are not in the same conversation with him, physicality-wise. But I think, you know, just in terms of a big man in general, I do think it's possible for them, you know, have success in the NBA right now and, you know, maintain, you know, their, you know, what got them there, you know, and not have to adjust their skill. I think with Marvin Bagley, especially now, we're seeing, like, someone who's a little lighter, and not as, you know, it's not as easy for him to dominate people in the post as we saw, you know, just the brief summer league that we were able to see. But this this guy, Vernon Carey, looks like, you know, he wants to dunk everything. He's he's big, but he also does seem like, you know, he can move up and down the floor. And that's the biggest thing. And that's the biggest thing, like, in terms of just, like, seeing where, like, DeMarcus Cousins, how he fits in with the Warriors. He's a big guy. He's a dominant post player, but he's never been someone that, like, runs up and down the floor very well. So I think that's right. – if you're able to really – you know, truly work on your cardio. Right, and, right, you know. right. And and again, on this show, we always wish the best for the kids. We're not, nothing, exactly. We want, want the highest potential. We're never trying to bash. We're just always just trying to talk about the how it works with, you know, in college settings or in NBA settings. Devon, how about you? What do you think the future is for this, you know, 6'10", this body frame and, you know, being a center in the NBA? What's the future there uh, compared to what it's like in college? So, so you know, I think – with you know, with every generation of basketball, um, you know, we talk about the style of play that's different, but I think bodies change yeah. a lot. I mean, if you look, if you look, um, late nineties, early two thousands, um, you take, I mean, take someone like LeBron. LeBron was probably twenty to twenty five pounds more than he is right now, um, uh, currently at, at, at an older age. Uh, I think, I think, from a fitness perspective, it's it's all about being lean and agile. Uh, because just just to match the amount of athleticism exactly. uh, that's in that is in the NBA and in college now. I mean, I think you see you see a lot of college programs um, getting a lot more unique with the way that they do their weight training. Um, you know, it's not the tradition. It's not the traditional uh, bench press, deadlift, clean. Like you know, they do it. You know, balance on a medicine ball, one hand while doing curls <laughs> and drinking a protein <laughs> shake. Right? It's just all these really unique stuff that's going on. Um, so I I do think once uh, you know, take a player uh, a player like him, once they get into a college program, they'll they'll get they'll get them lean and mean and. Um, you know, and be a lot more tactical with the way he's taking care of his right, body. Right, right. Well, we wish him the best of luck. We're going to be watching him fall on him uh, on his journey. Uh, the next player, number two player that I have in the class, I'm also getting looks by by Duke. Duke seems to be a constant on these kids, you know, favorite list. After that, it can, I mean, you have the Kentuckys, but a lot of other wild cards. Duke seems to be like they're they're having having these kids ears. Um, the next kid is Cole Anthony. He's uh, Greg Anthony's son. Um, you know, Greg Anthony had a, a great NBA career. Now he's more of, more of our generation. We know him more of, as an analyst, yeah. um, you know, reporting on on basketball. What what do you think it's like? Because, Devon, I know you have an older brother who hopefully will be getting a show later this season. Um, he went to Duke himself. Yeah. And they were talking <laughs> about Duke. Uh, he, was, you know, had a great career at Duke. Uh, 
they have him, you know, top 50 all time. I have all kind of a list, you know, talking about Roshan McLeod, your, your older brother. Um, what was it like, do you think, you know, for, for Cole Anthony, if you, in your own aspect, growing up having an older brother that was in the NBA? Um, so I'll, I'll make the point. I think siblings are a lot harder than um, dad in majority of situations. Like I think LeBron's kids, that's going to be really tough, right? Um, because his his dad is just so prevalent. Michael Jordan's kids, those are the top level. Like my son will probably not know who Greg Anthony is. Right. Not not because Greg Anthony wasn't a good player. It's just that he wasn't high profile enough that it will span generations. Uh, but when you look at siblings, you're in the same generation majority of the time. Um, so the what one does really really affects you. Right. Uh, so, I, go ahead, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say, even with, with my brother, with my brother, we grew up in the same town. We went to the same high school. And even though there's a big age gap there, it, you know, it was still <laughs> there's there a lot of collateral damage done <laughs> um, in terms of following up his, his footsteps. But it, it's, I think it's always tough. Um, but I think Cole, you know, I think he'll have a you know a good path. Uh, you know, to having a really good college basketball career and, and maybe even the NBA. And I don't, I don't think you have to worry about it too much. Right, right. I mean, he's six, six three, one eighty five. I, I like. He's very explosive. I don't want yeah. to say Westbrook, but he is very explosive. And yeah. I do like his game a lot. Uh, Leslie, you know what? Do, what do you think about this kid? Do you think, uh, you know, as far as that, that body type and having, you know, the experience where his dad can maybe can get him to the best better trainers to get into the better facilities. Is that an advantage that you, you see for him? Or, um, you know, is it something that, you know, is natural? Just Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just from, uh, you know, looking at his, you know, his, his mixtapes right now, he does seem like he has, like, that Westbrook, you know, definitely the athleticism. But, you know, most more importantly, just, like, that mindset. It looks like he's attacking every play. And so it seems like, you know, a lot of the external things, that pressure and stuff is – you know, probably won't affect him that much. You know, obviously, he does still have, like, a lot of basketball left to play. But I think having a father like Greg Anthony, like, you know, Devon said he's a good player but not not a generational talent, that might be good because you want to see players now – I want to see players, you know, have long careers. Yes, I want them to be, you know, as successful as possible and, you know, have a big name. But, you know, there's a lot to be said about a player who can play in the league for 10 years and consistently, you know, keep that paycheck in. So, right. you know, it's, that's going to be good for him to have, you know, in in his back pocket, you know, having that experience from his dad and, you know, definitely like a humbling experience. So I think, you know, the future is definitely bright for him. All right. Yeah. I mean, and we're all so excited to, to watch him go, going forward. And like we said before, we're, we're definitely looking on having uh, Devon's brother, uh, Roshan McLeod, on the show uh, later later this season at some point. So we'll keep an eye on our Instagram page. And that's uh, GRV. Uh, underscore podcast um, on Instagram. Check us out. We'll give you updates. We give you fun questions and moments. So we're, we're excited to have him on the show, uh, a Duke player who will be able to give a lot of insight about his journey, and we're excited to get him on the show. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, going forward now, we're going to, you know, talk about, you know, these players, like I said, Duke has had on these guys' list. Um, it seems like they have a lot of these players' ears. Um just from a personal standpoint, I want to I want to hear um, from you, Leslie. First, when you're when you were a player coming up and you were playing, you know, in high school and you got you got to college and you were playing in Allegheny, uh, what did you appreciate or want out of a coach? What were you looking for 
as far as, um, you know, a coach that you wanted to play for, what made you, you know, reach your potential? You know, uh, I definitely like growing up and just, you know, coaches that, you know, playing under Driggs at Allegheny, I did appreciate, I've always appreciated a coach that, you know, did it, wasn't trying to be the nicest all the time. You know, a lot of times, like you have player, you have, you know, you get supported, you, you know, you do things, you're playing basketball, you're playing well, and, you know, people are kind of like gassing you up. Like, you, it's a good for a coach, you know, keep players humble and keep you know, a fire under them. So I've always appreciated a coach that's pushed me and, uh, you know, had a, a stern mentality. You know, yeah, they want to be there to support you, but they're not looking to be your friends. Right. You know, that's something that I've always appreciated. Right, right, right. Uh, now, you know, Devon, you coming out of St. Anthony's, you, you were recruited, you know, for basketball. You had a lot of guys around you that were being recruited heavily for basketball. What were things that you heard past talked about, talked about in the locker room when guys wanted to know about, you know, how was this coach? What was this coach like? I, I, I think, I think I saw an overwhelming amount of folks that wanted to um, play for someone that would allow them to play their game right a certain level of freedom um when out there on the court uh, i think the 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 days of system super super system basketball um are breaking down i think you you're kind of seeing that with the spurs now right right um with the idea of not just system on the on the court uh but just that that vacuum that spurs vacuum uh the culture everything super system um, I think there's a, you know, basketball is becoming a, a lot more individualistic um, and not necessarily in this selfish way, but um, I think coaches have to be more uh, tolerating as athleticism increases for uh, of players that may not be as skilled as they were 30, 40 years ago. So the, the, the upside risk, the upside risk um, may, may be better than, you know, the downside, which is maybe a little bit more turnovers on um, things like that. So, um, I think I think coaches are starting to adapt to that uh, more than they were, more than they were called 20, 20, 30 years ago. And what what did you like most? I guess what 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 made you feel most free? Um, whether just the coach's words, whether it, the way that they let they let you play. How how did you I guess develop that freedom with the coach? You know, is it something that is always communicated beforehand, or is something that is more felt uh, between the player and the coach? Well, so, well, soon as soon as um soon as it soon as I had a coach that uh, allowed transition high ball screens, I was I'm all in. I'm all in. I love a transition high ball screen. Uh, no, no. I think me personally, I, I agree with Leslie. You you want a coach that that isn't a pushover and um and will and will push you to be the best that you could be, right? That'll challenge you. I've always had coaches that that challenge me but then I also but then also you you don't also you don't want a coach that's almost too yeah. restrictive right so so um I, I agree I agree um completely with Leslie though is um you know you, you want a coach that's really gonna it's really gonna push you and take you take you to the next level and 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 not try to um you know not hurt your feelings right 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 so for our student athletes out there who might feel like they have a coach that you know, isn't their, they're not their favorite player or they, you know, have their, their favorites and, you know, not letting them sign. You know, Leslie, what advice would you have for those kids, uh, as, you know, as far as playing for a coach that doesn't let you, you know, do what you want to do and still trying to be successful and, you know, play the game of basketball the way that they want to? Yeah, I mean, I think 
regardless of what level you're in, if if you're looking, you know, to go D1 or if you're looking to just play, you know, basketball for fun regardless, you know, it's definitely like a character building thing, you know, first and foremost. And I think, you know, no matter how young you are, it's important to, you know, keep your head down, continue to do your work. If you're in a position that, you know, you don't think is ideal for you, if you work on your game and you continue to do the things that you know that you can do, one day you'll get that opportunity. And once you put it on the hardwood and you show what you can do, coaches will, you know, see, like, I have a talent here that I can't, you know, restrict anymore. So I would just say just be, you know, keep your head down, keep grinding, and, you know, one day it'll, things will definitely look up. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Devon, how about you? Do you have any, you know, any advice? You, you kind of agree a lot with about what Leslie's saying, or, you know, what do you have to say? Um. Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, I think players – Especially with the with the new generation of kids, just because you you know you're not playing right now doesn't necessarily mean your coach has a personal vendetta against you. I think I think we got to I think certain kids have to um, take a look back and say how can I uh, contribute to the team, uh, you know, in in off season. Meaning, um, what am I going to work on uh, to take my game to the next level? So. You know, you know, you might take it personally, but you know, get with folks like Dre, get with your assistant coaches, right? Um, you know, get get it, go out to the park, just play as much basketball as you possibly can to get better, and not just uh, you know sulk about it. Um, but hey, say you know, put the coach in a in a tough position to say, you know what, we really should be playing this kid because, you know, he's really gotten better. He can really contribute. That's what I would say. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit, have a little fun here. The last segment of the show, we are in the home stretch here, folks. We're going to talk a little bit about the Siggy Challenge. That's all over <laughs> my Instagram feed, <laughs> all over, every, everywhere. Got me in my feelings. OBJ really blew it up, and now you see Will Smith is on in Budapest on top of a Brit. Like, it's really blown up to the point where, like, everybody's putting their own take on it. Just just for fun, what, what do you what do you feel about this? You know, Leslie being, uh, I think is is Siggy a, a Brooklyn guy? Is, is he's that a right? Queens guy. He's a Queens Queens guy. Queens guy. Okay. Yeah. But what, how, how do you Brooklyn. feel about this? I mean, I love it. I I love, you know, just like uh, one of my friends, you know, uh, actually reposted the podcast, you know, for episode one, and he said something that you know I couldn't agree with more. He said he loves when people are creating content, regardless of what. And, you know, Shiggy, you know, he's really, you know, he's creating content. He's creating a challenge. He has an Instagram page. He has his skits. Like, you know, I love, you know, just like the day and age we're in where, you know, someone can just create their own wave, create their own lane. Like, he can take a Drake song and put his own spin on it. And people are saying, do the Shiggy. Like, it's a Drake song. <laughs> but we're talking about, you yeah. know, an Instagram celebrity. So, I mean, I, I love what it's doing for music i love what it's doing for social media and just you know getting people engaged in different things so yeah i love it i'm a big fan are we gonna see a video of, of leslie doing the the siggy challenge here on the internet at all anytime uh, I, <laughs> I don't know maybe if someone catches me you know slipping but I, i'm definitely not putting out any content myself right? <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and say it if, yeah. if we can get if we can get 100 listeners for for this episode yeah. i'm going i'll do it i'll post it on the page I'll do the Siggy <laughs> Challenge. So let, let's see if we can get a hundred boosts and reposts. I, I mean, I'm definitely not the most smooth on this on on this on that of this group. So if I'm doing it, Leslie, you better be ready to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. if we get a hundred, we're, we're we're pulling out all the stops. I don't know what bridge we can go on. We going to Birmingham Bridge and stuff. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm like, right? No, seriously, you get 100 listeners. I drive to Pittsburgh. Drive to Pittsburgh. You know, the, what, what's the bridge Bridge right next to the uh, uh, PNC Park? I'll be, I'll be right there. Yeah. yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there on that bridge. Like, That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, Mama, how about you? Have you been checking it out? Have you? Is it, is it all over your Instagram like it is all over mine? Oh, yeah. No, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And, you know, and I don't want to, because I'm, I'm probably the biggest stand of, uh, you know, Drake stand on this entire group. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It shows how it's going. <laughs> <Don't> so, <laughs> so, that's perfect. That's a perfect segue to what I want to get to next. You know, Drake is the GOAT, in your opinion. I think a lot of people in numbers would agree with you. Um, who I want to know, you know, who's next? I, I think Drake, I mean, Drake in 2000, what, 2010, I think before that, in my opinion, Little Wayne had my had my ear for a lot of that um, before that, and then Fifty Cent. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of different rap people artists out there that I was into, but Drake has really really did steal it probably around uh, my freshman year of college, which was 2010. Uh, what do you have anybody who's out now, or is, do you see anybody who's out now who's having rumblings or maybe becoming someone who could um, overtake Drake? And I I want to ask this to, um, to Leslie, the Brooklyn boy, first because he's the music head. I want to know who who do you have, you know in that conversation of being able to pass Drake, if anybody, I know in the beginning of the show, you said there wasn't anybody you could think of. How about now? Yeah, I don't know. I, In terms of, you know, the young talent that I listen to, like, I, I'm, I'm not sure if any of them are going to be able to surpass Drake, but, you know, I know mean, we talked to, we put, we you know, touched it on our, in our group chat. I think if any rapper is going to be able to do the, consistently do the numbers that Drake's doing, it's going to be Post Malone. I think he did. <laughs> it's not because of, not that I don't like his music, but I'm not going to call him a lyricist by any stretch of the imagination. Right, but right, he's just right. able to get across, you know, like he's able to market himself well. He's, he's able to appeal to different groups. And that's what drives streaming numbers. That's what drives, you know, success touring and all that stuff. So I think if anyone, you know, he's the one at the forefront of my head that's going to be able to, you know, bridge both gaps in terms of, you know, hip hop and being mainstream. I mean, I think personally, personally yeah. for me, I like his music. I think for me, what I like most about him is he comes off as almost this everyday, like exactly. humble, down to earth guy that you know is is different. But like you said, he's a bridge because you know he still has you know the the face tattoos, the ice. He's he's wearing the jewelry. Like he he still is a guy who can be flashy, but at the same time, he seems comes off as like this everyday relatable. I I don't know. I really like. I really appreciate um, that about him. Uh, how about you know you, Von? Do you have anybody that you you're seeing? I know you're over in Jersey. You're listening to uh, Hot 97. You have the best the best music around you. What what are you hearing? Um, you know what? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily. I think Drake right now is in an interesting situation. I think he's he's a major part of hip hop that's needed. Uh, because like I think Leslie, you said it. He. He can he meshes well in so many different mm-hmm. cultural settings, right? Um, I, I don't know if that's because Drake can just change who he <laughs> wants to be in terms of you know, <laughs> like you know, his island accent one day. Um, but I, I don't know. But right now, I just don't see anyone that um, that fits that mold from a music perspective. You see people transform themselves, like I think Jay Z, I think Fifty Cent. Yeah, you know, you'll see Fifty Cent on like Rachel <laughs> Ray, right? Um, and, and then, but then also still does, you know, some more aggressive content, but from a music perspective, 
I don't necessarily see anybody that can go that can go back and forth like that. Like, it, it, unfortunately, I mean, some of the younger guys are just really, really, really aggressive. And then, you know, so, I mean, it, it's just, it's just a tough, tough place to be. Um, I think that Drake right now is in that middle stage of his, you know, he's probably early, early thirties. So he still has a couple years to go um, with like the younger, with the younger generation before he yeah. is considered uncool. You know, so it's still a couple of years until we get to the point when, when someone's desperately needed from a hip hop culture perspective. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as, as Drake starts to, I don't know if, if he's going to have more of a Jay-Z type of finish where he's 50 still making albums. But if he if he kind of fades out, I, I'm thinking, you know, Migos can kind of hold it down. Like along with Post Malone, I think Post Malone's a good one. But Migos, um, in my opinion, are a group that they can kind of... Um, also keep keep music on the radio keep keep yeah, hip hop you know really vibing and you know mainstream and instead of having to I don't I'm not going to make my opinions on the other artists it's not on this episode at least <laughs> so uh that that's uh that's episode 2 um you know we really enjoyed everybody who to check this out definitely continue to check us out you know going going forward we're we're going to be having a lot of great topics this season you know as we see what happens in the basketball and sports world music world uh and you know like we said earlier we're gonna be looking to have some really good guests on the show we're really you know looking forward to that so continue to check us out um definitely you know, I, I'm, this is dre i'm signing out vaughn and leslie you guys have anything to say before we, we yeah. end this thanks for checking um, in no I, I, I yeah no no and um yeah i think we're gonna i think we look forward to having having a lot of good guests um in the next next few episodes so um hopefully we can just keep it going right right, right. keep it going so remember check us out we're on instagram uh grb underscore podcast uh you know we are always putting out content always trying to put out questions we're definitely going to get more active here uh we're just trying to get our followers up so give us a follow um if you need help getting to that link having problems finding it go to the get ranked basketball instagram page it's in the bio there and that's at get ranked basketball um, everybody have a great day. This is a, it's been, it's been real. I've had a good time. Uh, talk to you guys next week. See ya.